Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your host on Tuesdays. It is Charles Curtis. How are you guys? Uh, and I'm here with the great Stephen Ruiz, who is our NFL draft guru this week and our NFL guy in general. Stephen, what's going on? Not much. I'm just just counting down the days until we can finally stop talking about hand size and 40 times and people running around in shorts. I'm just looking forward to this ending. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, and, and we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to to talk about all things NFL draft with a little preview here. Uh, and before we get into that, we got to talk about somebody else, and that's uh, our folks at Buffalo Wild Wings. And there's a new boss in town there at Buffalo Wild Wings, and he deals in bacon. It's the Bacon Boss Burger featuring bacon, three different ways, and a blanket of white cheese sauce. And he's joined by other new favorites like the Smothered Cheese Steak Quesadilla, Sweet Chili Shrimp, and Alaska Cod Classic. All pair perfectly with a Sam 76, a fruity ale with the crisp finish of a lager. Hurry in today and try them all before they're gone at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings Beer Sports. Available for a limited time while supplies last. Please drink responsibly. Speaking of bacon... Who's going to be making bacon at uh, at the draft this weekend? Uh, what's what's who's who's going first overall? Like, give me your your initial first take. Oh man, you're putting me right on the spot. Yeah, I don't even it. know. I'm just gonna I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Sam Darnold. Even yep. though I think the Browns would totally, they're the type of team that would totally take Josh Allen. But I can't I can't think that the GM John Dorsey is going to use. That such a valuable pick on such a volatile draft prospect, and that's what Allen is. I mean, he could either become a Hall of Famer, he can be out of the league in three years. It's so hard to tell. I think there's too much risk to to take. Yeah, Darnold feels like the safest pick to me, and and I was all in on the idea that the Browns were taking a quarterback, but Josh Allen just seems between the fact that he's sort of a I don't want to call him a workout warrior because that seems too too myopic. It's myopic. It's it's more that he's got so much risk attached to him between the accuracy issues and uh, and other stuff that you pointed out in your in your column today, ranking the, the nine best quarterbacks in the draft. You have him pegged as a late second rounder. Why jo- why is Josh Allen not getting the love that other you know, other other experts are giving him as the potential not, uh, number one overall pick? Because I, I, too much has to break right for him to become even a, a good starter in my mind. He has to fix his accuracy. He has to stop making such bad decisions. He has to get more poise in the pocket. I mean, like all the things that you think about when you talk about great quarterbacks, he really doesn't have a handle on any of those aspects of the position. He's he's a big arm and he's a big guy and he's pretty athletic and that's where you know the positive traits really end with him. So, I mean, I'm just not comfortable using a first-round pick. I think they're so valuable just because you can get a great player on a cheap contract. So I'm just not comfortable taking using a such a high pick on a guy that could be out of the league in four years. So who's your who's your number one? Who's your guy? I have Josh Rosen. I don't think he has the highest ceiling, but I think he has the highest floor. And I I just I just don't see him not turning into an average starting quarterback in the league which is really valuable and i don't think you can say the same with any of the other prospects all of the other prospects could potentially be busts and i, I just don't see it with rosen it's just so funny to me because we uh, the, every draft seems to be all about quarterbacks every year because obviously if you have one that's great you win a lot of games you go to the playoffs you you have a building block for the next however many years and each of these quarterbacks has these and we talked about this 
back when we were talking about the NFL Combine, that each of these quarterbacks has like a big fatal flaw attached to each one, and none of them stands out as the great number one overall and then everybody else. Josh Rosen, to me, the only red flag on him seems to be this like attitude stuff, this... uh, you know, I, I know that his arm strength isn't as maybe as good as other quarterbacks. I mean, athleticism you listed as kind of being lower than, than his other uh, parts of his game. But this whole, like, attitude thing and him questioning things and him not, you know, fitting into the, the mold of an NFL quarterback in that voice, I think it's it's absurd. I, I love quarterbacks who question things and who, you know, speak out and who do those things. I mean, Aaron Rodgers does that. And I know that some people are comparing Josh Rosen potentially to, to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I think the best quarterbacks in the league question things. They want some input on team decisions, especially when it comes to scheme and the and play calling. So I don't have a problem with that at all. If, even if that is true, we don't even know if that's true. It just could be speculation. But uh, the Aaron Rodgers comparison, I think, is just a personality thing. I, yeah. just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare those guys physically, just because Aaron Rodgers is so good at you know eluding the rush and making plays with his feet, but. At the same time, that wasn't the case when he came out of Cal. He was seen as like a robotic system quarterback, and he kind of like the the Packers coaching staff kind of like broke those shackles, and he became the guy that we know today. So Rosen, I mean, maybe that's in Rosen. We don't know. Yeah, I was talking more about like the you know the personality traits. You know, when you, when you ever you read mm-hmm. something about Aaron Rodgers, it's always like he reads a lot of books and he's he's you he talk can talk politics. He can talk about God forbid, right? God I forbid. know. Oh my goodness, you know, like he's not just a, a, a robot, a football playing robot. It's ironic that you talk about him coming out of college being sort of a system guy. Uh, Lamar Jackson, though, I, I want to talk about him because I think he's the most intriguing prospect of this bunch of this quarterback bunch because of the way that he's being treated as this, you know, oh, he's got to be a wide receiver with all that athleticism, when realistically, he was a really good quarterback in college. And I used to think, like, mobile quarterbacks in college, like, maybe they don't translate, but it's a whole new ballgame in the NFL. Like, why isn't Lamar Jackson being talked about as a top-five pick? I think it's the accuracy issues. And I think, I mean, it's legitimate to bring those up. Like, Mm -hmm. people have kind of, I think they've over-defended Jackson where, you know, they see him getting dragged through the mud by scouts about his accuracy and what kind of offense he played in. So they've kind of overcorrected and, you know, kind of treated him like he's a prospect without weaknesses. But the accuracy issues are a big deal. And it, it all stems from his footwork, which apparently has been improving. But you can't really tell until you see him out in game action. But yeah, I think that's why. If if he was an accurate quarterback, he'd be the first overall pick without a doubt. Just because he he does have uh, experience in a pro style offense, he can go through his progressions and read defenses from the pocket. And obviously, he's a Michael Vick like athlete, which is rare. We've only seen two now, if you count him. And that's why I kind of separate him from Allen because he has the same issues as Allen, where uh, he's wildly accurate and sometimes can make some bad decisions, but. I know that Jackson's special skill, his his running ability, is going to translate to the next level. He's going to be a dangerous runner on the next level. Whereas arm strength is just, I know, I mean, it helps you, but it only helps you so much. How often are you going to be throwing the ball 80 yards downfield? Right, right. Well, I think of, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you're our, our, our guru of all things NFL. You got everyone listening. If you're listening for the first time with Steven, and hopefully you're not, Steven watches film, lots of it, digests it 
dreams about it, eats it for, for lunch. Uh, and so when, whenever I talk to Stephen, you should know, the guy knows his football. Um, uh, but, but Stephen, correct me if I'm wrong here. Is Lamar Jackson like this draft's Patrick Mahomes last year? And, and now all, all of a sudden everyone's talking about like, whoop, it's the Patrick Mahomes era and, and with the Chiefs. And how exciting is that? Like, is that the same maybe with Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I think I think you're on the right track. I think it is kind of like the same thing. I think they have different strengths and weaknesses, but I think they're both really they were both really hard to evaluate, especially for Mahomes, just because of the offense he played in. With Jackson, you kind of have to project just because he needs to get better in certain areas, but he has shown improvement in those areas in the short time that he's been at Louisville. So there's hope there. So yeah, I think it's the same kind of it's the same kind of situation where they're just both ridiculously hard to evaluate. Interesting. Okay, cool. One more quarterback I want to talk about, and then we'll get a little bit deeper in the draft. Baker Mayfield might be going first overall. Like, this is what I love about the draft. There's smoke screens. There's, you know, these teams let out little rumors so that they can, you know, deke uh, and and have decoys out there so that other teams don't know what they're doing. Like, Baker Mayfield might go first overall and might drop. Uh, what is what is his upside? Like, who could he be? I You know, you wrote about it, about how he could be, the next Johnny Manziel for a certain reason, but ultimately, like, could he be at six feet, like a a, a pro quarterback like uh, Russell Wilson? Uh, I think I, I mean he's gotten the comparison to Russell Wilson just because of the the size mm-hmm. and he's a playmaker, but I don't think he's as elusive as Russell Wilson. I don't think he's as right. fast. I don't think he he's as talented as like a physically as talented as Russell Wilson was. So I that's why I shied away from comparing those two in my my rankings post where i offered a ceiling comparison and a floor comparison for each prospect and with mayfield my ceiling which i had a i had a difficult time coming up with a good comparison and i came up with Derek Carr, but with more mobility just because i think both of them need great protection to be at their best as a pocket passer i don't think either of them are really comfortable in a tight pocket i think if you watch it's it's really hard to evaluate Mayfield just because he had so much going for him. Like he had the one of the best offensive lines in the league. He had a deep stable of weapons. He had maybe the best offensive coach in college football in Lincoln Riley drawing up plays for him. So it's really hard to like evaluate what how he plays when things go wrong because it never really went wrong for him at Oklahoma. But one thing I noticed was his feet just go out of control when he has to move in the pocket or when he has to go from his first read to his second read. And that's something we saw with Johnny Manziel in his last NFL season. I had just written about Manziel, so I had to spend a lot of time watching his his footage from his last season, which I think was 2016. And he showed you know, some polish as a pocket passer, but he, his footwork was just off when he was going from one read to the next. And I think Mayfield has the same issue which is why I think the comparison is fair. I think people have compared those two because of the off-field stuff and just because Mayfield won, won a Heisman and he was a short playmaker. But I think, like, skill-wise, I think it's a valid comparison. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I, I think this draft, in, in comparison to last year's, with the quarterbacks, last year we had all these quarterbacks who were flawed. And, hey, what do you know? Deshaun Watson came out of that class. Um, and this year it seems like the, the, the quarterback class overall is, like, better rated initially right now but nobody's standing out so i think it's going to be a really exciting draft from that standpoint because everybody's going to be speculating who's going to move up to maybe take lamar jackson like the way the chiefs did with mahomes i think it's going to be maybe an even better draft than last year just in terms of like sheer excitement 
Um, I wanted to move on to other teams and other other you know players. Obviously, we could talk quarterbacks for this whole thing. What are the Giants doing with the number two pick? And I'm asking partially because of my New York Giants fandom, but I think the number two pick is the most intriguing one of the whole first round. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's going to you know shape the rest of the top ten. I mean, if I'm Dave Gettleman, if I'm the Giants GM, if I don't want one of these quarterbacks, and if I was him, I would want Rosen if he was there, or even Darnold. But if I uh, if I was him and I didn't want a quarterback, I'd trade down. I just don't think you could take a running back that highly. And Saquon Barkley's the pick, right? If you're if you're the Giants and two in a quarterback goes off the board first overall, it's either him or Chubb. And I mean, I like Brad Bradley Chubb, but I think. I don't like them as much as a package you can get for that number two pick with all these teams trying to move up for a quarterback. Yeah, and that's that's my take. And I, I got to shout out my my friends. Who I've been I have a, a, a chain, an email chain that's been going for I think four weeks about what the Giants are going to do with this pick. And there's been a big argument forming. There's one side the Giants should take the best player available in the draft in Saquon Barkley, who is a once in a generational running back talent, and they should do it because you only get one chance to, to draft a guy like that. And the other side is you can find a good running back in the second or third round, and particularly in this draft, I think. And then you have uh, you have um, guys like uh, Alvin Kamara who showed up on day two or day three. Or uh, I'm trying to think of a good example um, uh, of another running back. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. There you go. Kareem Hunt who, who led the NFL in rushing. Um, so you can find somebody. And I, I'm more – and you and I have agreed about this about 17 billion times on this podcast whenever we've appeared together – that you build the line first, and then you plug in the running back. And so I think taking a running back that high is a luxury. And it's, it's something that, like, the Jaguars did last year with Leonard Fournette because they had a great offensive line already set up. Uh, they didn't want to take a quarterback there. I guess they had their faith in Blake Bortles. And their defense, we know now, obviously, was very much uh, uh, totally fine. Everything was all set up for them to contend. And so when you take that running back who is elite – you're suddenly plugging in a running back behind a good line. I don't think the Giants line is that good. I don't think they're good enough yet, even though they, they made a signing of a tackle this offseason. I'm with you. I would trade down or take a quarterback, and that's that's the end of it. And I'd, th- I'd take Josh Rosen there 100% if he's available. And if you do trade down, uh, Chubb, I think, is, is the pick because they just got rid of Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, I also, I've been talking about this on this, this email chain. I've been called out for it. Quentin Nelson, who's the best guard in this draft, uh, I just think there's a lot of value there for for a running game. But you know, apparently, you know, guards are, are a little overrated, I guess. In in or like they shouldn't be drafted that high for, in terms of value. Like, where does Quentin Nelson go? Because he's you know a guy who's you know considered the best. Yeah, I think we're starting to like change our perception of when these offensive linemen are going. I don't think less value is put on left tackles just because. I, I mean, I don't think it's the theory that you want to protect the blind side of the quarterback. I don't really think it's really, you know, played out over the last couple of years. I think you want, you want a good offensive guard because not only could he, he run block, he can keep the quarterback's face clean. And that's like the hardest thing to do. That's the hardest way to play quarterback is when you're getting a lot of interior pressure and Quinn Nelson's just going to shut that down because he's a great pass blocker. He's an even better run blocker. So, I think, I mean, when you want to talk about sure bets, Quentin Nelson is the surest bet in the top 10. So I think it makes a lot of sense for the Giants who need offensive line help and have needed offensive line help since probably the last time they won the Super Bowl. I think it makes a lot of sense to trade down in the top 10, maybe with the Broncos, or or maybe even go 
as far back as number 12 with, where the Bills are and hope Quentin Nelson falls for falls to them and take an offensive lineman or and you know use those other picks to build the rest of the team. I just don't think there are I don't think they're running back away from being a Super Bowl contender. So you right. don't want, I don't I wouldn't take Barkley and I think their roster is good enough where they're never going to be in the spot to take another blue chip quarterback without trading up. Yeah, I, second round is where I take a running back there because I, there are a few guys that that seem to be standouts and they could drop. Uh, and I also think like the Miami Dolphins would be a great team to trade with, even though uh, some mock drafts have them taking a, a quarterback dropping all the way to eleven. I think if if you're Miami, you want the guy, your future quarterback, you know, right then and there. And and the Bills, I know there's been a lot of speculation. I kind of doubt they're going to pay what they're going to pay for uh, uh, you know uh, for a quarterback. It's going to be great. I cannot wait to see what the Giants do with that pick. Um, what is there another, I don't know, uh, intriguing prospect that you're sort of like, I, I'm just really curious how that shapes the draft as well? In the first round, I think one of the uh, one of the, the big dominoes to fall will be who's the first cornerback taken. There's a couple safety prospects that are, I mean, they could play corner if, if you ask them to, but Derwin James and Micah Fitzpatrick, those, are, those guys are at their best in safety position. So I think whoever goes first as a corner, I think that's going to, you know, set the tone for the rest of the draft. Cause there's a lot of, every team needs corners. You can never get enough pass defense. So, and there's probably three or four quarter, cornerbacks capable of going in this first round. So I, I don't think anyone really has a clue who's going to be the first one taken off the board. Mm. Who's what's like the team that has, like, is there a team that you're looking at that you're like, this is, this is the team that, that is going to, you know, is in the perfect position to go from, you know, vague contender or, you know, like, I don't know, also ran to, to you know, vaulting itself in the playoff race. Is there a particular, I don't know, team? Um, the Jets have the number three pick. I don't think they're, like, a player away. But is it, yeah, you know, no. it's the same uh, way that, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Leonard Fournette and then they had a, a very good draft after that. Like, is there, a, you know, maybe it's the Browns. Like, we should talk it, about the Browns maybe. It I think it could be the Bears, yeah. Uh, maybe even the 49ers. I think both those teams are are young teams that are going to be as good as their young quarterbacks are. And I, I'm higher on Mitchell Trubisky than most people, and I'm probably lower on Jimmy Garoppolo than most people. I think he's I think he's good, but I don't think he's the highest paid quarterback in the league. Good. So I think if if, the, if those if either of those teams can get a uh, you know a a game changing player with the ninth or or eighth and or ninth pick, then I think one of those teams might be able to, you know, propel themselves into the playoffs. But other than that, I don't think I don't really see any other teams making like a big leap in the top ten. Maybe maybe the Colts if Andrew Luck comes back and is the same Andrew Luck, but I think that has more to do with his his comeback than who they take in the draft. Yeah, I'll throw another team out there for that nominee, which is the Broncos. If the Broncos end up with a quarterback uh, that drops to them at five or they trade up for a quarterback, then suddenly they still have the receivers there, even though they're a little long in the tooth, and they still have that defense with Von Miller on it. Like, I don't think that's uh, out of the question that uh, a new quarterback, ironically, even though they took Paxton Lynch a few years ago, could change that team's fortunes right away. So that's that's another team that could do it. I, I'm with you. I think the Niners taking somebody in their secondary or – uh, you know, maybe some help for Garoppolo uh, on the offense. Uh, that, I think that's a great call. Yeah, I think I think what they're thinking right now is probably linebacker, just because all the stuff that's happening with Reuben Foster, and I think that's an, yeah. 
important position in their defense, which is, you know, modeled after Seattle's defense where they have Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright and guys like that. So I think they want to add some speed and leadership to the second level of the defense. And, you know, linebackers are – they're undervalued in the draft, but I think they're culture changers, which I think a young 49ers team needs right now. They need a leader on that defense, and I think that's what you can get in a Roquan Smith or or a Tremaine Edwards from Virginia Tech. Yeah, and it's it's funny to me to see linebackers showing up so high in, in all these mock drafts, but it seems to me like – Linebackers, if you get a sideline to sideline guy or somebody who can cover downfield, given the fact that you have all these tight ends merging and sort of these more spread offenses uh, coming out, you need a linebacker who can kind of move around and and, and be a little bit more mobile than uh, you know sort of a, a run stopper or something like that. So I guess right, the, so the, the the value of the positions change a little bit. I think maybe not the value, but what they look for in a linebacker mm-hmm. change a lot. You're not gonna, you're not looking for like that big guy that can take on a block and shed it and make a tackle in the hole. You're looking for a guy that can run with tight ends and running backs and hold up fine in the running game. Gotcha. What are there any sleepers? Is there anybody like uh, you know look out for day two, day three that that you'd be excited if your team drafted? Yeah, there's a couple. I think uh, Maurice Hurst from uh, Michigan. He's a defensive tackle, a pass rusher. He's he had a, a little scare with his heart at the combine. I don't know if that turned into anything else more serious, but he his tape is just ridiculous. He dominates games. He's kind of on the smaller side, which might be why he drops, but I think if a team gets him with a second-round pick, we're going to look back on it in a couple of years ago. How the hell did he drop that far? And then another guy is quarterback Kyle Aletta, who I've written about. I We did shot some video with him in the film room where – when we were breaking down some of his plays, he's a really smart quarterback. He gets like every aspect of the offense. He's an accurate quarterback. He's great in the pocket. He can, he's, I think he tested as the second best quarterback at the combine athletically. So he has, he can move. The one concern with him is he doesn't have great arm strength. He says that he's talked to NFL teams and they've, they've said that it's not really an issue. He has good enough arm strength. He doesn't have a top end arm, but he has enough arm to make him an NFL. And I really think that's, the roadblock for him if he if if his arm is even adequate i think he could be a top 10 quarterback someday a franchise quarterback and he'll probably go in late second early third yeah were you were you i don't know leaning that way before you met him or was sort of being in the film room with him did that change your opinion no i was i that opinion was based on just his tape i got a chance to look at the all 22 probably a month before i met him and then we kind of got the opportunity to interview him and then we set up the film room thing so yeah i had formed that opinion before i met him before we watched film together and that only strengthened my opinion yeah where's where's shakeem griffin going what's uh what round i think we might be doing some some betting on uh uh some of the what am i thinking the the betting the the the, you know but True. I, my son got me up this morning at five thirty in the morning, so my brain <laughs> is currently very mushy. Um, we're going to be doing prop bets for the NFL draft. Thank you. It came to me very slowly, um, and I don't know if Shaquem Griffin is on there, but I'm going to go with like the third round. I'm going to say that he's going to be a third round pick, maybe a second round pick, but I think the third for a guy with all that athleticism. If he gets past there, I'd be shocked. Given the fact that NFL teams love, they ooze over, you know, speed and and and, mm-hmm. and what he's been able to do on the field uh, in college. 
Yeah, I think third is the safe bet, but I think teams always do, you know, crazy things in the second round. So I wouldn't be surprised if a team takes a flyer on him in the second round. We've seen like they have different stories, obviously, but the kind of you know the these kind of picks go in the second round. Uh, I'm thinking of the Cowboys linebacker Jalen Smith uh, a couple of years ago, the guy that he blew out his knee in the bowl game, and it, it, we weren't sure if he was ever going to get back on a football field. He has since. They took him in the early second round. Miles Jack was the second rounder who had a similar situation where he blew out his knee. And then the Bucks took Roberto Aguayo in the second round. So teams get a little crazy with their second round picks. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team just rolls the dice on him and just hopes that the hand isn't an issue and he's he could be as good of a player that he as he was on the college level at the pros. I said it back at the at the combine. I'll say it again. If if Jason Pierre-Paul can be a player in this league and a, an effective one, then Shaquem Griffin can be that as well. I think and, and just and I think he's he's got. If he had two hands, wouldn't he be a first round pick? Oh yeah, definitely be a, probably a top ten pick. There you go. There, there's your answer right there. Um, is there any prospect that's like highly rated that you see bust potential written all over? And let's exclude the quarterbacks because we kind of talked about them. Unless there is a quarterback that you're just like definite bust, it's 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 happening. Oh uh, yeah, I mean with quarterbacks, I think Josh Allen is the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. I think I think Mayfield could end up being a more of a bust than people realize. I think he's he looks like the most polished quarterback in the draft, but I think that's just the case of him being in the same offense for four years, which we rarely see in college. So I think he looks like the most polished quarterback, but I think there's some underlying issues that people maybe aren't seeing where he could be a bust. But other players, I I don't really like Cortland Sutton from uh, SMU. He's a big, big receiver who makes catches, uh, contested catches downfield. I think we've seen that, that prototype kind of, fail in the NFL in, in round one in recent years. I'm thinking of Devontae Parker, who hasn't lived mm-hmm. up to the hype. Uh, Treadwell from Minnesota. These guys, they can out-physical cornerbacks on lower levels, but I don't think it's going to happen in the pros. And What you really want to see is a guy that can get separation, and Sutan isn't really a great route runner, so I'm kind of wary of him. Uh, just yeah, I was going to ask you about Calvin Ridley, who's also a wide receiver. Uh, you know, the top-rated wide receiver is he that guy who can get separation? Yeah, yeah, he is. I think he's more of a low-ceiling prospect. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to ever be a top number one receiver, an outside guy that's going to you know draw double teams or safeties over the top. But yeah, he's a, he's like a. Uh, high floor low ceiling prospect he's kind of older than the rest of these i think he's 23 maybe 24 so he's older than the the rest of the class but yeah i think people just grow tired of these these receivers that have been on our radar for such a long time so they like find reasons to nitpick them and i think i think ridley is one of those guys that i remember last week something came out where a scout said he had tight skin and that was seen yeah. as one of his weaknesses tight skin that's how you know we need the draft to come when we're talking about tight skin. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, we'll finish up then with this question. Like, what are some of your favorite weird stories that came out of uh, the sort of the period between the uh, the end of the season and the draft? Was there any, I don't know, stuff you were like, what are they talking about? Or like, you know, weird thing that's, that's, that's emerged. I think just the hypocrisy with the quarterbacks, just mm. how you can, like, even like someone like Mel Kuyper, I'm not trying to rip Mel Kuyper, he does a good job. He... He, he rode off Lamar Jackson because of his completion percentage, but in the same breath, he 
he says completion percentage doesn't matter when it comes to Josh Allen. I just don't I don't yeah. see how can reconcile those two points. And then obviously the Bill Polian stuff with the Lamar Jackson should be a receiver. He's not tall enough, even though he's like six <laughs> three. I, I these quarterbacks just make people say wild things. And I think I mean that's true every year, but this is a special class just because we have so many quarterbacks who can go in the first round and they're like all different. Like none of them are the same. It's hard to compare any of them just because they have different strengths and weaknesses and play styles. So, I mean, a quarterback that's fourth on my board, I, I, I have Baker Mayfield fourth. I could, I don't, I wouldn't argue with anyone who has him as the top quarterback in the draft. I think he could end up being that. Well, this is going to be a really, really fun draft. And thank you for joining us. And everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, keep on clicking. We'll, we'll see you real soon.